And then we'll get on to some announcements. So we are tentatively planning to do water baptisms on Easter. So our 6 p.m. service, Sunday, Easter, we are, if no one wants to get baptized, then I guess we'll push it off. But I have a feeling there might be a couple people, but I'm, I'm not looking at anyone in particular. <laughs> there might be a couple people that <laughs> need to get baptized, you know, and it's, it's not something that we would ever put on, especially our kids. We, uh-oh, that's Barbara. I better silence my phone. You want to hit that for me? Um, we would never put that on our kids to do something that they're not feeling led by God to do. So I know for my son, for my daughter, and my other son here, that there will be a day where they, they choose. They, they will say, I am ready to get baptized. I am full on on fire for God, and they might even be catching on fire now because I've seen some awesome things happening in their lives, including Judah's life, including Savannah's life. You kids are, are getting hungry. You've tasted some of the good stuff of God just a couple months ago, and now that hunger is just ramping up. So we're excited about that alone. We don't want to mess it up by trying to put something on you that you're not ready for. But if you want to get baptized, Easter, we're going to do it. And if nobody wants to get baptized on Easter, maybe it'll be uh, Pentecost Sunday, a month later. So there we go. Okay, Wednesday nights. Man, none of our Wednesday night people are here, except for Judy. Sorry, wasn't <laughs> overlooking you. Wednesday nights, we went from just a couple of us praying to a good hand, and my dad was, is here too, a good handful of us praying. And then it kind of started feeling like it could break open into a Wednesday night full-on gathering. So what we've decided to do, um, since we just finished our class that we were doing on Friday nights, we decided to take our training classes that we've been doing on once a quarter on Friday evenings and merge that into Wednesday night. I think we can do it. I think we can still worship and have intercession and prayer and go into a training time. So with that said, and we start those at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. So if you're in town and you want to get some extra good stuff on a Wednesday night, midweek, we worship, and that alone is enough to make me want to show up. And I work most Wednesdays. Hey, I love coming here. I just, the presence of God. He's faithful. He always comes. He always shows up. In fact, he's here right now. If you didn't know that, I'm just going to let you know he's here. He's watching sees everything you're doing. I'm not joking. He is really here. In fact, let's just take a moment. Can we do that? Yeah. I just I always remind our church, this is not a performance. This is not the Scott and Tammy show. We just love him. So we just we acknowledge your presence in the room, Lord. Yeah, we just invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you to come. Lord, come and, and just have your way in this gathering tonight, as every night, God, have your way in this place. Yeah, turn the lights on, Lord. God, we ask that you would release just a tangible experience of your presence as we do all things in honor of your name, Jesus. Tonight, God, let it increase. We just want your glory to come into the room, your presence to rest upon us, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. One thing we learned in our healing class 
It's called <clears throat> prophetic etiquette. There's Peter. It's called prophetic etiquette. No, not prophetic. There's, it's Holy Spirit etiquette. If you're sitting at the Thanksgiving table and you say, would you pass me the mashed potatoes? And they pass it to you. What are you supposed to say? Thank you. Holy Spirit etiquette. When he comes and he does something that we're asking for, our proper response should be thank you. Thank you, Lord. Don't ever let thanksgiving and praise run dry in who you are. Thankful people are people of the presence of God. Thanksgiving opens the gates. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. But back to worship, intercession, and equipping. I know I'm all over the place, but I'm doing this intentionally. It's because I'm trying to just follow what he's, he wants to do. So with that said, we are planning in the month of April, it's just a couple weeks, most likely, I think we're looking at April 13th. So you looked at the calendar. So here's a little promo video of the training part. Each and every one of us is a beacon. We are a light on a hill. And we're going to stop hiding ourselves and not letting our light shine. The tactics of the enemy are going to pull you into the two extremes. Many believers don't understand how the spirit realm affects them. Satan is not at war with God. He's at war with us. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. We live out our days until the Lord takes His beloved home. I'm not gonna fight in the flesh, because the flesh is not powerful for the tearing down of strongholds. We are displacing the spirit that has been here. We shift the atmosphere by not partnering with it, and releasing a military move of the opposite. No matter what it is, do what you can to stay on the seat of love, to discern from the heavenlies what strategy do we need to release. And you are going to see regions bow, nations bow. And we're not gonna be cast out because we still are bringing something the world needs. Discerning and displacing the spiritual forces around you, shifting atmospheres. <clears throat> Donna De Silva is the one of the leaders of Bethel Church. She started up the Sozo Inner Healing Ministry, and we've been looking forward to this curriculum for a while. We we have a, a handful of just specific themes of training stuff that we wanted to go through as a church. We did one on the prophetic. We just finished the one on teaching and equipping Christians how to pray for the sick. Uh, we did one <clears throat> on hosting the presence of God, and that was a Bill Johnson series, all about the Holy Spirit in us, upon us, what he wants to do through us and in us. And then this one is shifting atmospheres, and it's basically about spiritual warfare. It's a, it's a teaching and training for us as believers to discern what is happening in the spiritual realm around us and how to take authority over it and not be overcome by it. Because oftentimes when there's stuff in the spirit realm happening, we don't often know it because it's invisible. You can't see it, but you know, sometimes there's funk that gets in, in your circumstances or on your life and 
you don't understand where it comes from. You might walk into a place where there's a bunch of people and feel something different in the atmosphere. Hopefully when people come into this space, they feel peace. You know, they feel the presence of God, a place of safety, a place of just being able to let your guard down and a place of anticipation. But you can go into places, you can go into a store, into the workplace, um, anywhere. You walk through your neighborhood, you can walk by a house and feel like there's just something not right about that. Well, this is a perfect curriculum for us to learn how to discern what is happening in the spirit realm and to know when things are, are spiritually influencing and when things are just you know, your own personal emotions, your own will, your, your thoughts. So it's a great training time to just to, to discern and, and divide those kind of things up and to realize what each thing is that's happening in our lives. So you guys good? Everybody good? Okay, why don't we stand up because we're going to get ready to worship. All right. You want to pray? Father, we just thank you that we can be together tonight to worship you. We love you, Father. We just want to be in your presence. We want to bless you tonight. God, we just lay anything that we need to down at your feet tonight and just allow you to influence us and to change us. God, have your way. Let your holy fire fall tonight. God, we just thank you for this sweet time of worship. Church, let's just continue in this time of worship. Let's just, just continue to keep our hearts in that place of worship. He is so worthy and so good. God, we just bless your name. Right now, as we transition kind of to the next phase in the meeting, if, if anybody just was, felt like the Holy Spirit was doing something in them and wants more of that or needs some kind of healing or anything, you can come up and be prayed for. If, uh, if anybody on the ministry team has something to share or feels like they got a picture of something or God's speaking something to them, please come up and share. We just want to continue to sit in his presence for a minute. Continue to be blessed and bless each other, church. If anybody has an awesome testimony from something God's done, Last week with the Bethel people who were here or maybe even after that.
that's something that you, you're not yet flowing in, just give him thanks. Just tell him what he means to you. Jesus, we love you. God, you are my life. You are my hope. You are my strength. You are my song. You are my everything. Everything, Jesus. feel like the Lord's presence, I, I know he's here, but I feel like his presence is here to heal tonight. I was just feeling a, a really strong sense of just the heat, the, the fire of his presence in the room. So we don't need to rush forward into anything tonight, but if you need healing in your body, I just felt like, like he wanted to, to burn off lift off just heaviness discouragement or any place of sickness any place of sickness we won't ask anyone to come up front unless you want to so if you want prayer you can come up front and if you don't feel comfortable getting up in front of everybody we can come to you if you just want to pop your hand up. A handful of us will get around and pray for you. So I'm going to look. Got my eyes open. Okay, so we got a couple coming forward. So now if you are nervous about coming up, you don't have anything to be afraid of because you got partners up here. So, yeah. So I'm going to ask um, our healing class folks, prophetic ministry folks, Come on up, let's just lay hands on these guys. I'm just gonna put this aside for now.
battled physical illness, if there's a bug, we believe that God brings supernatural acceleration to your healing process, especially when we ask. If you ask, if you, ha you have not, if you ask not, so when we ask him to increase the healing process, to speed it up, to, that he would bring his fire, that he would purge our bodies of all stuff that does not belong in our bodies, we believe he's faithful to do that. So if you want a final bless for what you guys, a lot of us have gone through um, the little bouts of colds and stuff this last week, last couple not afraid of it, so we'll come lay hands on you. If you're afraid, you know, that's just stay where you're at. It's okay. <laughs> but if you don't need that, if you don't want that, that's, that's fine. Think about it. While you're thinking about it, I just felt like, um, I feel like I had a, a word. Um, I don't always do this, Christian, but sometimes I do someone comes in, I don't, I don't know, you know, if, if a person will come back or not, but it's our heart that if you come here and, and you visit that at some point that you, know, you would experience the encouragement and the touch of God in your life through his church. And so I'll just start with you, Lauren. Do you know what your name means? You don't know what your name means? Oh, you need to look it up. It's powerful. It comes from the laurel tree. Back in the old days, they would they would make uh, crowns or headpieces out of the laurel branches. And your name means honor and victory. Honor and victory. Just if you would, just close your eyes. Just close your eyes if you want. You don't have to. But if you want. Why don't the rest of you guys just put your hands, just stretch your hand, Christian? You can put a hand on her shoulder if you need to. Yeah, we just want to bless you bless what God has planned for your life. You are a woman of honor and victory. You stand in the honor and the victory of the victorious King of Kings. He is your King and he has crowned you with honor and victory. I just see you Lauren not necessarily today but recently maybe in the months coming up to today of turning the page of leaving a part of the past behind and saying yes to Jesus for whatever he has for you choosing to say yes to Jesus and I believe that because of your decision to, to say yes to him he's marking it it's like a line drawn in the sand everything before that line is getting washed away by the ocean ocean waves. It's just pulling the past away into the sea of forgetfulness. Not everything that's good, you know, the good stuff you want to remember. But the stuff that that you want to let go of, the stuff that you've decided to, to turn the page on and say yes to Jesus over. It's like the ocean of his love is just coming and pulling everything in front of that, before that line, he's just pulling it into the ocean pulling it into the sea of forgetfulness. And he's marking you. He's marking your yes, your, your decision to say yes to him. He's marking it and he's gonna give you grace and power to walk forward with him and all that he has for you. And just as we were singing, I know your thoughts, your plans for me are good. That comes straight from Jeremiah 29. He knows the plans he has for you. 
plans that are good. They're good plans, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope in a future. So we just declare the faithfulness and the goodness of God your Father over your life through the Lord Jesus Christ, that his faithfulness and his, his trustworthiness is over your life, and he will never let you down. He will never let you down. Yeah, Lauren, as he was saying that, I actually, before even mentioned the crown, I was seeing this princess crown on your head. And that's how he sees you. He sees you as his princess, his little girl, who he loves so much. And he's so proud of you. And he just wants to be more intimate with you. He wants that closeness with you. He's jealous for you. So be free and just exploring with God and just ask him when you're alone, God, how do you see me? How do you see me? And he's going to show you. So I'll just be blessed. You can hang out there for a second if you want because then we're going to get Christian. <laughs> so Christian, I know you're going to leave us tomorrow. You're going to go to San Diego. And will, will you allow us to pray for you? just to, to give you the Legacy City Church blessing. So if, if you want to stand, you can. I mean, if you, want to, if you want to come up here, you can, or if you want to just stay there, you tell me what you want to do. Stay, stay right there? Okay, that's cool. So um, you guys could do the same thing. Just stretch your hands towards them. We just do this just as a, a gesture of we're, we're releasing and agreeing with what God is doing. So Holy Spirit's in every one of us. He's in you. But we're just like releasing more of his spirit towards you to bless what he has for you. So I, Christian, you know your name. It means like little little Christ. You know, the, Jesus is the Christ. He's the anointed one. And Christians are like little Jesuses. We are little representations of Jesus. You're not little, and that's not the word little, and, and that is not an, an Ian, a Christian. doesn't mean you're little, because there are no junior Holy Spirits. The Holy Spirit is big in you, and you have a big spirit that he has united himself with. And he just wants to bless and anoint your travels. He wants to, he wants to cover and encircle you with protection as you go to California and as you serve this great nation. You're called, he called you and appointed you to serve this nation. This is a great nation. And your, your service to protect the, our country and the constitution of this nation is, is a, it's a royal thing. It is of great importance. Without men and women like you two, we would be so open and vulnerable to destruction. But we just pray, we wanna pray. I was just sensing that God wants to I think he's already done this, but he just wants to give you this uh, reality of like a, a wall of fire of angelic protection around you. So if, if that's cool, we're just going to pray for you. Is that okay? Okay. I texted you because it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. I was just trying to like let you know what the Holy Spirit was saying. It's okay. It's all right. Just a big deal. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. No pressure. No pressure. For you, Lauren, uh, just because I know that you wanted some more attention, um, felt like, <laughs> I really felt like um, when we were worshiping, my heart was like drawn your direction, which I know that probably sounds silly, but um, as, we, as we were singing that song, I know the thoughts 
your thoughts, your plans for me are good. I know you hold my future and my hope and your promises never fail. And I like wanted to turn around and be like, yeah, I don't know why. I didn't do it. So these guys know that I could do something that foolish. But anyway, so right out of the Bible, because I don't want to paraphrase, in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I just felt that powerfully for you, obviously with the song lyrics, but for some reason that was highlighted to you. And I know a lot of people know Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts and the plans for me are good. And, but I just wanted, I, I feel like in verse 13, or 12 and 13, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. He wants to listen to you. He longs for you to cry out to him as they were saying, he longs for that intimacy with you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So I just wanted to speak that over you and pray that over you that your heart, do not be afraid to cry out to Papa God. Do not be afraid because he, He's such a good daddy and he wants that relationship with you he wants that intimacy with you he wants to bless you he wants you to crawl up on his lap and tell him all the things about your day all the things about your life those rough moments whatever it is the stresses and the striving that we deal with every day he wants to be a part of your life the first source that you go to the first one that you run to he wants that for you so I felt that really strongly for you you, sir. You, sir. Okay. Psalm 138. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I don't know if you remember the last time that we had a we had a word for you that was talking about, I will become more undignified. Like when David was dancing in the street and his wife was like, you should be ashamed. Like you were dancing before all those girls. He was like, Listen, lady, I'm about to get crazier for Jesus because he's worth it, right? So, and we were just calling out fire in you and boldness. And so when Miss Barbara prayed over you boldness, I was already like scrounging around for these, these verses. I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you exalted above all things your name and your word. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. And I feel like you tend to be a little bit on the timid side here anyway maybe you're crazy and loud outside I don't know but here you tend to be a little timid and I feel like there is a roar inside of you and it doesn't mean you have to be loud and obnoxious like me like please don't just need one of me but be who God's called you to be and sometimes like my husband he can be quiet people think he can, he's quiet and but when he speaks everybody's like Voop because when he speaks, he speaks with knowledge, he speaks with the word of the Lord. And so I feel like you have that. And I just encourage you to do that. Like Proverbs 28, one, the wicked man flees though no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. And then, I'm almost done, I promise. Um, <laughs> in Acts chapter four, after Peter and John were released from prison, sorry, runny nose allergies, they're lovely. Um, it says, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, oh, thank you. I'm not going to blow my nose in the microphone. Thank you. Just kidding. Um, 
Anyways, <laughs> that was just for the recording. Um, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So that's for you. God speaks through you and gives you boldness. And as you stretch out your hand, he's stretching out his hand to heal and bring signs and wonders when you are bold enough to speak out in his name and speak his truth and call on his name and do works in his name. But I believe boldness, lion-hearted, be big because Jesus is big in you for real. Like I know that we've said, I remember where you were sitting last time we were here. It was like, be brave, be bold, let that fire rise up in you and be who God's called you to be. I wish somebody would give me words like that. Do I have a lion roar in me too? <laughs> Meow. <laughs> hey, one more thing, guys. So I, I know that we were given you, Lauren, a lot of the, this type of word, but I feel like this is something not just for you, but for all of us. I feel like God wants to give us revelation. So this comes from Psalm 139, and uh, it is the Passion Translation. It's a little bit different. Why don't you guys just, just close your eyes and, and receive the Word of God, okay? The Word of God is alive. The Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts and it penetrates. It divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. That's what the Word says about itself, but here's the scripture from Psalm 139. It's a prayer. King David said this, I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. Just receive that tonight, guys. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I came, became me, before I'd ever see the light of day. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Hold on to that word, guys. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. Every single moment he is thinking of you and he's thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, you desire, your desires, God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you are still with me. 
So God, I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would plant that truth in our hearts tonight. That your thoughts toward us outnumber your desires, your thoughts are constantly towards us and they outnumber the grains of sand on every shore. That means your thoughts towards each person in this room are always on, always moving towards us. And we know it's for our good because your plans are good. Your thoughts towards us, are they're good. You know every single micro speck of space that our bodies consist of. You formed us. You know how many hairs are on our heads. You know how many will fall out tonight, between tonight and tomorrow. But who's counting? Not me. You know the number of days that you planned for us, each one of us. They were already written in your book. And with that word right there, God, I want to declare over every person in this room that we, each person here, we will live out and fulfill every one of those days that you have pre-planned for us to live, that the enemy will not cut us short, that sickness will not cut us short, that disaster will not come our way and cut those days short. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you that we can rest assured of the future, trusting in your good purpose over our lives. In Jesus' name. Alex and Mariah, I know you guys are in process of finding a house and moving, and I just had this picture of, I don't know, obviously your side of the family, um, but I just feel like God's going to open the door, and I know this is your heart, but um, I feel like God's really just going to open the door to your side of the family, and that maybe where, I don't know if there's been like a wall to the gospel. Um, but I feel like if there is, like that's going to be removed and that you're going to see your whole family come to know Jesus. Like I really, I see that. And I know your heart is to minister to your family, but I feel like whatever roadblock has been there before, that that's not going to be there anymore. That this grace is going to come in and there's going to be such a sweetness about what happens in your family and it's just going to draw your family even closer. Just want to bless you guys. Yeah, salvation is for you and your household. Don't understand how it all works, but when he saves you, he wants to save your whole family through you, through your testimony. I watched it happen. I mean, my mom and dad were already saved, but I got rescued from darkness. My sister came right after. She remembers crying, listening to the listening to the the tapes I would make. Was it tapes or was it CDs at that point? I don't know if CDs were even in existence yet. I think they were. It was a while back. I think, I, yeah, I was probably making you some Christian tapes or maybe it was a CD. Oh yeah, cards with verses in it, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't and my brother, my brother Rob, he came later on. I didn't get to lead him to the Lord. Uh, he got saved at an Amway meeting of all places. <laughs> Go figure that one out. 
And I had to make sure I took down a note here. Mariah, got to ask your mom about that white chili recipe. I don't know, the Lord just dropped that in my spirit. <clears throat> After all these years, I still remember her white chili. Are you sure you have it? Maybe we have it. Hey, one, one last thing I want to share with you guys. Um, and we'll go into maybe 15, 20. You guys are laughing without me even saying it. I can, I can hear <laughs> prophetically, I hear the chuckle. Maybe we'll take about 15 to 20 minutes and read some scripture. <laughs> now, believe it or not, we have just one verse tonight from Ephesians chapter 1. One verse. That is how power-packed that one verse is. Ooh, the lights just came on outside. Um, Christmas lights distracted me for a moment. Before we share um, and go into Ephesians 1, there was a, a prophetic word given to us this morning, and I believe um, it wasn't just for us, it was a corporate word. So we have a, a up-and-coming prophetic friend, uh, Jeff McCracken. I mean, just that name alone sounds prophetic, doesn't it? Like some guy that comes in and just pow, crack throwing firecracker bombs of prophetic words your way. I haven't heard from this guy for a while, but he's, you know, we, there's, there's a love between us. We'll just say that. He, he likes us, we like him. But Jeff McCracken, so this is what he said this morning. He sent that around 8.30. Hopefully you guys can kind of catch this as I read it. I'll try to break it into, into chunks here so you can just take it. So he started out by saying, there is a greater Issachar anointing being released today. I didn't know what an Issachar anointing is. Sorry, I know you guys thought I was really spiritual, but apparently it's such a thing. Who knows what it is? I don't want you to tell us, but just if you've heard of what it is and you know it. No one here? Issachar anointing. No? Okay, hey, I'm not the only one. We're all in the same boat. I'll teach you. Let me teach you. Okay. And this is basically what it is. There is a, this is for a greater understanding of the times and seasons of an individual on a and on a corporate level. So the Issachar anointing, the tribe of Issachar, an anointing came upon them so that by God, so that they would be able to discern and know the times and seasons they were in. It's pretty basic, but it, it's important, right? You could just walk through life clueless about what's going on around us or you can have a grace of God on your life spiritually discerning what is going on in the world around us in not just on the earth but in the spirit so that's what the Issachar anointing is it is an anointing for greater understanding of the times and seasons on an individual or for an individual and also in a corporate gathering for like the church Okay, so you tracking so far? Yes. He said, for you personally and for your ministry. So that means all of us. If you're a part of this church, then it's for you too. He said, if it's only used for understanding, then it will be a nice parlor trick. I don't understand why parlor trick, but what's a parlor trick? Anyway, don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me. That's a, side, that's a rabbit trail. Um, it'll be like a nice parlor trick and create good table talk, but not much more. On the other hand, 
God is giving it to you for the benefit of the kingdom. He has been telling you how to move, but now he is giving you a start watch instead of a stopwatch. Okay? I really want to give this to you guys, so just take this for yourself. God wants to give you and I a start watch, not a stopwatch. It's a start watch for knowing when he is telling us how to move. He's giving us a start watch, not a stopwatch. When he tells you to act, move quickly. This will be for prophetic acts. Maybe like, for instance, what we've done tonight so far, we're just taking a risk, speaking some things out and trusting that it's encouraging, that it's propelling in areas of your lives by the Spirit of God. Um, but not just prophetic acts, also saving lives, purchasing big investments. I don't know why I'm looking at you guys. <clears throat> Motorhome. <laughs> and personal increase. Now, some people would say, well, that sounds like, you know, prosperity gospel stuff. No. No. We're going we're gonna to actually look into the scriptures tonight, and we're going we're gonna to gain that understanding, not just from the Old Testament, from the New Testament as well, that our God is a God who brings prosperity. It's his heart that we would be prosperous in soul and mind and body. Our whole being would be prosperous. That doesn't mean get rich and drive a whatever car it is that you like, Ferrari, Jaguar, Lamborghini, one of those. Like that one I showed you that video of, the doors flying. He may want to give you a toy like that because I know that if there are things like that on this earth that you humans, we humans, think are cool and like something in our heart like a little kid just starts getting all excited at the thought of owning that or or using a, a thing like that how much more do you think god would delight in giving you that experience he knows you have a time that's limited on this earth and he wants you to have joy he wants you to have fulfillment he doesn't promise that it's going to be nothing but fulfillment all the way other than spiritually fulfillment okay we can't, we can't misunderstand the reality that this, this world has darkness in it. This world has demonic strongholds and even in nations and regions where people are being treated terribly, like put in prison and abused. People are kidnapped and put in, in trafficking situations and traded like human beings, like we're something that people could just trade for sick whatever purposes. That stuff happens, and that happens to Christians too. So we would never preach a gospel that says, if you give your life to Jesus, nothing bad will ever happen in your life, ever again. That's not the reality. But the reality is that no matter where you go and what you go through, whether it's the highest height of a mountain or the deepest, darkest valley, he will be with you, and he will give you strength, and he will, he will be your guard through it all. He will carry you through it until the end. Even if it means that you will lose your life in that process, he will take your hand from earth and usher you right into glory. So back to the word here. 
This will be for prophetic acts, saving lives, purchasing big investments, and personal increase. An Issachar anointing that's basically giving you the ability to hear what God says, now is the time to move forward on something, to hit that start watch, and to move into it. He says, test it, and he will prove it. So we're getting an invitation from our prophet friend here to test it, to try it out. Because God, he believes God's gonna prove it. His whispers will release new seasons, blessings, and major kingdom advancements. I'll repeat that. His whispers, his still small voice, will release into you new seasons, blessings, and major kingdom advancements. If you can hear and move on it, it can change you, your ministry, history, and the world. Blessings. If you want a copy of that, I can send it to you later. Um, I'll probably uh, type it up and keep it on file for us just to. We take things like that when prophetic voices that we value and we invite into our lives, our ministry, speak a word to us. We take those words and we pray into it, especially if it's something that resonates inside of our hearts. So that, that word speaks to me. I know it speaks to Tammy. Um, not necessarily about big investments, but about expansion and growth of the church and taking territory. Um, so, yeah. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. All right. Are we good? Everybody good? All right. Amen. I, I need that. Thank you. I need some amens. <laughs> I don't need it, but it's kind of nice. Okay. So we're going to transition into a scripture time. This music should kind of soften down a little bit. I actually have it so that it's going through the slides. Tammy's like, no, you didn't. I, I did. I don't know. Because it gets too quiet sometimes and I start feeling a little stressed out. Why are they so quiet? <laughs> we're going to start out with this. So I told you, I didn't lie. We're going to do one verse from Ephesians chapter 1. It's actually verse 3. But this is like setting the table. I'm going to lay the table out. We're going to put a fork, a spoon, a knife, and a nice cloth napkin right in front of you. And then when we bring out Ephesians 1.3, it's going to be set right on the plate. And we're going to just discover. We're going to enjoy the feast that one power-packed little verse do we want to say? Okay, I'm going to stand up. I was actually on Wayfair earlier looking at a couple of these nice tall chairs for us to... Anyway, that was intentional. So Romans 10, Romans 10, 17 in the NIV, for those of you who are NIV positive, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I'm just going to declare tonight your faith levels are going to increase. As we look at the word of God, your faith is going to increase. You are going to grow the level of faith just, just like the gas uh, level inside of your vehicle. Maybe it's on E right now. You shouldn't do that according to my dad. You should always keep it like full if it starts to get like one third down, right? Fill it to the top. Don't ever let it get down to E. Your faith level is the same way. You should never let your faith level drop all the way to empty and then have to have someone come and jumpstart you and that's okay if that happens you know you know we're all we've all been there but wisdom says check your faith level check your meters check your hope levels 
Check your love level. Spend time with God. Have him with you. Go over the meters inside of you, so to say, so to speak. The, I don't know if they're meters. You can picture however you want. Just the levels of his spirit, fruit of his spirit inside of you. Faith. That's like the number one. Is it the first fruit of the spirit? No, it's love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Faith's not even in there, is it? Well, it should be. Okay. <laughs> Man. Okay, so we're, well, we're just going to grab onto it anyway because faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, something that's really interesting about this verse, I didn't understand this. I just thought, well, that just means we need to read the Bible because the more you read the Bible, the more faith you'll have, right? Makes sense. Faith comes through hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. That word for word of Christ is actually the word rhema. There's two words that we translate um, into the English word word. There's rhema and logos. Jesus is the logos. Um, John 1 says the word became flesh. The logos became flesh and dwelt among us. So oftentimes the word logos or like lego, uh, the logos is like referred to as the written word. So we have the, the written word of God, the logos, the scriptures, which we use as our plumb line, as our way to judge what is truth and what is error, right? The word of God, it is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. Then there's the rhema word. That is the spirit-breathed word of God that comes to you and me when we're walking through life. Like, for instance, one day, just got up tired, just flossed my teeth and I started brushing. And as I was brushing my teeth, I just heard the rhema word. I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, my mercies are new every morning. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't spit. I mean, I did eventually, but I mean, it hit me. It was like, oh, the Lord's speaking to me right now in that. The Lord wants to speak to you. He wants you and I to have our faith built up by having an intimate relationship with him where you start to discern and hear his voice. Now, the best way to start if you've never began hearing his voice would be to read the scriptures. In fact, I would say take time every day if you can to open up the word of life and just meditate on it, chew on it, read through a portion. You don't have to go on a marathon reading session and try to knock out a chapter from every section of the Bible, you know, the Old Testament, the Psalms, Proverbs, the prophets, and the New Testament letters and gospels. You could do that if you have time, but don't burn yourself out. Let it be a love encounter between you and the Lord where you, where you recognize and acknowledge his presence and welcome him into that room when you unfold this book, when you open this book and you say, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord, I just want to spend time with you. I just want to hear your voice because your voice, it brings me back to life. Even, even every new morning, even when I'm brushing my teeth and you speak to me, his, his, his words give life. His words revive our soul. He reminds us that he's with us when we turn our ears and make them open to that that opportunity for him to speak. So faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. The next scripture, 
Proverbs 23, 7 says, and I had to look it up in the King James. I used the New King James because, I don't know, you look at the other versions and it doesn't say anything close to this. But I heard this before, so I had to Google it, make sure I knew it was in the Bible because, you know, not everything that people say is Bible is Bible. Like God helps those who helps themselves. That's not in the Bible. Sorry. He doesn't just help those who help themselves. No, he, he actually comes and helps the helpless and the broken and the people that are without any hope, any help. And he comes and he's the great rescuer because that's how good he is. He just loves to rescue. He loves to pick you up out of your pit and he loves to put his arms around you and love you back to life. That is the God that, that made you and that's the God who's worth living for. But the scripture tells us, Proverbs 23, seven, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, as a woman thinks, so you are. So your thoughts about life, about everything is important because what gets in your head, what goes on between your ears will affect your life. It'll affect your health. If you believe that you're just like a hypochondriac, if you think that you're gonna get sick no matter what, that you just think sickness is gonna come. It's just a matter of when. Well, guess what? You're, you're drawing that to yourself. You're like a magnet for the things that you think on. I don't know how it works. I don't understand the spirit realm. That's why we're gonna take some good stuff away from that shifting atmospheres course. But it's important for us to understand that what we think has a big impact on our lives. This is another scripture that goes perfect with it. Romans 12, 2. I had it memorized Romans 12, 1 and 2 when I got baptized at age 20, almost. I think I turned 21. I had to memorize it and I was like, my mouth was so dry and nervous. First verse, it says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is what your true worship is. That's my paraphrase. Your body, offer to God. That's what worship is. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So God wants transformation to come into you and into me by renewing the way we think. As a man thinks, so he is. So if I wanna have transformation and I wanna have change in my life, it's not gonna come by trying harder. It's not gonna come by trying to discipline myself enough. I have to change the way I think. I have to think differently about what I think about myself. I have to take my own thoughts about me and I have to line it up with what God says about me. I have to change what I think about God and line it up with what the Bible says about him. Do I really believe he's good or do I believe he's waiting to smack me down the first time I make a mistake? I have to take my beliefs about my circumstances, my future, and I have to lay it down before God and get renewed in my thinking about his faithfulness over all areas of my life. And it goes the same with our relationships. Oftentimes we believe these scenarios we come up with in our minds. We start putting thoughts and, and words in people's mouths that they didn't say, right? You guys have done it, haven't you? I have, lots of times. Oh, they're probably thinking this. I bet you they're saying this and then it becomes truth. That's just unhealthy thinking. That's taking something that we don't even know is true. And the source to get truth from 
is going right to the throne of God and asking him, what do you think about these things? What do you think about me? What does your word say? And what does your Logos word say? And what does the Rhema word of God say about me? What do you, Spirit of God, have to say about how you see me? Do you love me? Have, have I truly been forgiven? Am I really a son that you've adopted with the spirit of adoption? Do I really have plans for my life that you've dreamt about before I was born, that you released over my, my baby body when I was birthed? I mean, is all of that really true? I need to know. I need to believe what God says. So transformation comes by renewing our minds. Let's look at one more verse, maybe two. This is really cool. This is probably, well, this isn't the one, but it's coming up after this. Ephesians 4. So now this is jumping ahead in Ephesians. I know we're in an Ephesians little study, and we're only going to hit one verse tonight, but we're still putting the table settings out, right? This is probably like the giant cloth napkin, maybe. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Okay, kind of package all that in. Deceitful desires, corrupt life. It's all the former life. That's the person who you were before Jesus. Okay, but we're told to put that off because put, put off the old self, the old habits of the old person that you used to be before Jesus. Okay, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. That's a really interesting section of that verse, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So it's more than just reading. It's more than just study. It's actually engaging with the written word of God and the, the spirit of God just coming upon your mind, coming upon your thoughts and bringing transformation in the way you think, renewing and what, you know, it's a good way to describe brainwashing. Okay, brainwashing is pretty bad typically if it's, you know, like the government trying to brainwash you or the media or anyway, whatever, focus, focus. But when the spirit of God comes to bring mind renewal, to wash our minds with the water of the word, it brings life, it brings transformation. Imagine all of the thoughts inside of your head that all of the things that that you carry in your noggin as you're walking around you're like a desktop walking around with a high-powered computer on top of it and all of the memory that is stored there all of the programs all of the the data that's in there that enables you to just walk without falling down to sit without being afraid of sitting on a chair to get in a car and not even think about turning it on and how to drive it all of that is just programmed in. You've, you've learned all these things. You've stored all of this stuff. And where I was going with that, I have no idea. <clears throat> yeah, renewing your mind. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't understand. Healthy brainwash, yes. There's still a purpose behind that. But anyway, we were going in a direction, but that's okay. So, so be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So, yeah, we just want to take our minds and we want to be renewed. We want the Holy Spirit to constantly give us that update, right? 
Who needs an upgrade? Who needs to, who needs the the newest update? I do. Okay. So you just put your finger on top of your head and poke it and say update. I don't know. Do something weird if you want. That wasn't. You no, know, that's not what what Mr. McCracken was telling us to do. He said prophetic acts, but that doesn't mean do weird things like poke the top of your head. I mean, you never know. God does tell us to do things prophetically, but that's not one. Okay, and to put on the new self. So put off the old self, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self. How are you going to know what the new self is unless you get into the word of God and discover what Jesus has done for you and me on the cross, what he has purchased, what he has provided for you and I by giving us a new life and a new identity. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5 that we are no longer to regard ourselves or anyone according to the old nature, but according to the new nature. For you have become a new creation in Christ a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. So when you are in Christ, who you used to be is no longer in existence. The day that you go back to your past and start telling God, yeah, but God, I was such a dirtbag, you know? I mean, the thoughts I thought, the things I did, and God is like, knock it off. That person has been crucified with me, on the, with my son on the cross. Paul said, who wrote most of the New Testament, I have been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but now Christ lives through me. So who you used to be before Jesus is dead. It's a dead man, a dead woman, okay? Crucified, dead, and buried. That's why we baptize you, because we want to publicly show this burial of your old person and this reality that you've been raised to a new person in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. So we need to put on the new self. See, God's focus isn't dealing, focusing just with your old nature. He's more concerned about you and I walking in the new nature that he's given you, being transformed in your thinking about who he says you are, who he's created you to be in Christ. So we good? One more table setting, and then we're going to read the final. And the the verse is actually like a mini meal, so don't panic because it is eight o'clock. What we have received is not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is really important, guys. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So I'm going to pause right there. I know it's, it's 8 o'clock, but I think we'll be okay. We need to know and understand the Scripture is telling us that not everyone has the Spirit of Jesus living in them. Christ Jesus does not live and abide and take up residence in every person. It's only when you say yes to Jesus Yes, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you and I am asking you to come in to my life and take ownership. It's an exchange. It's called the great exchange. My broken, worthless life, well, it's not worthless to him because he actually paid a high price to save you and to forgive you. So you're worth a lot to him before you come to him. 
You're, the price on your head is, is more valuable than money could ever buy. So, but Jesus is saying, I, I paid the price on the cross for you to be fully forgiven and to receive a new nature and a new life in me if you will come to me and receive it by laying down your life and taking my new life and allowing it to come into you, causing you to be born again. It's like a rebirth, brand new person. Some people say that everyone's already saved. Some people already have, everyone already has the spirit of Christ in them. I don't see that when I read this scripture. The person without the spirit, well, apparently there are people without the spirit. Romans 8 says, uh, if you do not have the spirit of Christ living in you, then you don't belong to him. So if you want to belong to Jesus, tonight's your night. If you've never said to Jesus, I want my life to belong to you. I want you to come into my heart, come into my life and take ownership. I want the price you paid on the cross to be what purchases my life from here on. I want to belong to you. You can say it in whatever words of, of surrender you want to say. I just give it all. I say it every day. Every time I worship, Jesus, I just give it all to you. I don't need to get saved over and over and over, but I just need to reaffirm. I need to restate that every day with him. God, my life is yours. What do you want to do in my life today? What do you, who do you want to touch through my life? The last part of that passage says, the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. If you have the spirit of Jesus living inside of you, you have been given access to the very thoughts, the very mind of Christ. It almost sounds kind of weird when you read that. We have the mind of Christ. It's like you plugged into the super power, the mega mind. Is that a, that cartoon you kids watch? Not the same thing. But the creator of the universe has a mind. God has thoughts. And the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God, the deep thoughts of God, and he reveals it to us. He makes the thoughts of God known to you and I. When you have the spirit of Jesus living in you, you have, a, have, made, you have entered into a transfer of identity. You have become part of the body of Jesus. Your life is now hidden in Christ. So you can picture it if you want. I don't know if it helps. Picture a big giant Jesus body here, okay? My life is now in him. I'm hidden in him. The enemy knows that my life is in Jesus. When the Father looks at me, he sees my life tucked away and hidden in Christ. I'm safe. You and I are safe in the beloved. We are safe in the King of Kings. He has rescued us and transferred us from the dominion of darkness into the dominion of the Son whom he loves. Our life is in Christ. You are his body. He is your head. Jesus, it says in Ephesians 2, Jesus is the head of the church. And if we as the body are connected to the head, that means we have access to the thoughts of the mind of God. That the thoughts of Jesus have been, they're being released to us. If we turn our ears, turn our attention towards him. Jesus, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? 
Lead me, Jesus. I'll go wherever you say. And then we're going we're gonna to finish with this. I knew it was, I had so much trouble trying to get this stuff to, how many times do I got to tap the screen before I pass it up? Here it is. I have it in two different versions, the Passion and then the Waymouth New Testament. I've never heard of the Waymouth, but I like what I read. So I put it on there just for you guys. Ephesians 1.3, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. And then the Weymouth, Weymouth translation, Weymouth says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has crowned us with every spiritual blessing. The other versions say blessed us, but that word blessed can also be translated crowned. Believe me, I looked up the Greek and I was like, okay, because I wanted to parse every part of this verse out. This is so deep, you guys. Every spiritual blessing he has crowned us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm in Christ. Where is Jesus right now? Seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, in the heavenly realm. We have been crowned with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms that are that in Christ. So if your life is in Christ, it actually says in Ephesians 2, and we'll read that eventually, we are seated with him in heavenly places. I'm beginning to get a, a, a revelation, realizing that I'm seated with him because my, I'm hidden in him. I'm, I'm in his body. Like I'm in Christ, you are in Christ. Now, you can picture it as you being seated in a chair or throne, because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Let's stand up, guys because that's the only way I'm going to end. <laughs> we only went 10 minutes over. See, now the prophetic laughter thing that I was talking about is going to come out. There we go. There you go. He has crowned us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm in Christ. God wants to open the eyes of our hearts. He wants to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge and understanding of him and all that that means, all that it means to have access, to be given freely access to the heavenly realm. We can name just a few things that that means. We, have, we know we have forgiveness of sins, right? We have healing for our bodies. By his stripes, we have been healed. Psalm 103 says, praise the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sins, who heals all your diseases and crowns you with love and compassion. That's just part of our inheritance. That's why we've grabbed hold a few years ago of the name Legacy City Church, because Jesus has given us a legacy He's given us an inheritance. And the inheritance and legacy that you and I have is access 
to everything that he has access to, everything in the heavenly realm. Miracles, signs, wonders, healing, salvation, breakthrough, hope, hope to come bursting into your life, grace, empowerment, dreams, inventions. I mean, you could just make a list that goes on and on and on. So let's just close with this. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. The proper, what is it? The Holy Spirit etiquette. Holy Spirit etiquette would be to say thank you because of what you have provided for us, even though we don't fully understand it, because in our minds, Lord, we're still like little children that don't understand the estate. We don't fully understand what you own and what you've given us access to. But we take your word for where we are at, God, and we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, because we have hope. We have hope that there are resources that even in the darkest time of our lives or our country or in the lives of our city or our church or friends or whoever, whatever sphere of influence that you've placed us in, that you've given us access to the resources of heaven. We thank you, God, for healing, for the miracles of healing, for freedom from demonic bondage. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for new life in exchange for old. We thank you, God, that you are the provider. You provide for us. You bring food to people through the mouths of birds in the Bible. You rain down manna on the people of Israel. You gave them that bread from heaven. You brought them quail. You gave them water from the rock. We will never have need because of you, Lord. You are the source of life. And because of that, we give you thanks. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. God, we just bless everyone here tonight, God. We ask that you would would just cover every person in this room, that you would blanket over them as they sleep tonight, that their dream sleep would be filled with heavenly visitation, that Holy Spirit, you would release your presence over every precious person in this room, and they would have kingdom rest tonight and dreams that come from your heart. In Jesus' name.